The world is full of wonders. Magic is waiting in small moments. And monsters might be watching, just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we begin, let's check in with our heroes. I love that we've done episode double O because the name's Edgecrest, Damien Edgecrest. So I'm in the middle of the woods with all of my friends about to fight something, and I was just told to fight it with fire. Let's hope this time goes better. I'm Raven Eugenia. (laughs) (laughs) Chased by a troll, found a bunch of magical weirdos in the woods. Animate fungus. This is not how my weekend was supposed to go. I'm Val. I would like to think that over the past year, I've become more of a fun guy. But (laughs) I guess we're going to put that to the test. I'm Hugo Rashad. God damn it, it's always something. I'm Agent Whitaker, and I think the trailer's just cursed to never let us have a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, poor Whitaker. This is why I don't keep a lot of food in my fridge. I just don't like mold. I'm Aiden Brightwood. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, God! (laughs) Let's have an adventure. Last time, we reintroduced the heroes of our story, Raven, Damien, Hugo, Whitaker, and Aiden and caught up with them after a year had passed since their epic battle against a demon-spawn army. The battle, henceforth known as the Revelation, was the event where magic's existence and the supernatural nature of the world would be publicly revealed. The four of you, who now work as Easty agents, decided after a particularly hairy mission that it was time for a much-needed and well-deserved vacation. Hugo agreed to join you, needing a break himself after working hard to build a new community center in Portland. You traveled together to Yosemite National Park and set up camp amongst the beauty and seclusion of the park's natural vistas and picturesque forests. But as much fun as camping slice of life can be, we of course were not surprised when your trip was eventually interrupted by the arrival of some odd magical characters. And we were introduced to a new character, the mysteriously shifty and magically inexperienced Val. You learned from Val that a blight is affecting Yosemite's woods and set off to locate and destroy this dangerous creature. We pick up as your group has come across this massive fungal construct as it slowly moves through the forest, spreading decay and corruption to everything within its path. Hunters, the blight draws near, but it's not alone. You can see all around you moving quietly despite their jerking, tortured movements are the Myconymphs, the spirits of trees now overtaken by the mold-like influence of the blight, which warps their appearance into horrific humanoid displays of fungal growth. So, hunters, what do you do? I have a question. Did I use cryptid sighting 
on these fungus creatures? I don't know that you did. You can ask it again. I don't think there's a limit on it. I think it's just any time I see a new strange creature. So I can ask and investigate a mystery question. I would like to ask, what can it do? Because I have a feeling you're going to describe it anyway. And I wanted to get my question out of the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I already know what can hurt it. Well, the nymphs, the ones that have been affected by this blight, seem to shamble forward. They're moving like any other humanoid. They don't seem to move differently, quickly, with any sort of strange ability, but they do shamble forward and they, again, continue to pour out of the woods around you. The blight, uh, I'll say, because it was also moving forward, a bunch of fungal spore strands explode from a bursting polyp and latch to a, a tree that looks healthy. And as they then drape and pull on the bark, you see fungus just start to sprout up that tree and the bark blackens and stepping out of that tree is another of these nymphs, the spirit of that one particular tree, choking and gasping and then looking up in their eyes, <laughs> filming over black and creating another of the fungal zombies. Oh, fuck, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. This is very Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. I said last yes. time this is very Ghibli vibes. You were right. So that finishes the question of what can the Blight do? It can continue to make more soldiers for itself. Mm -hmm. And what they can do, because they're tree zombies, they're not really interested in people unless they're stopped. So I will say, Val, the Myconymph that like turned to regard you uh, and started lurching forward, it passes by like it, you know it gets close to you and puts a hand on your shoulder and kind of just forces you out of its way to then continue forward towards the next tree where it also starts to breathe more of these toxic blight spores onto the next tree that it's near yeah she stumbles away from the thing touching her and is like mm -mm. Mm. no it does, I will say, leave like a sticky, like, yeah. you know, the strands mm -hmm. on like residue and they sort of stretch from the creature's hand and then slaps them onto the bark of another tree. Yeah. Just says something along the lines of like, I'm so glad I only spent $3 on this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have a thing to do while we're still out of their range. Sure. Because everyone loves a good ice sniper. This is more to me trying for a how can I kick ass without being able to be in range to get my own ass kicked? The age old question. Hugo, what if you climb up in one of those trees and you can take some shots on the blight and I will cover the base of the tree. And you see Damien has some ax body spray in his left hand, not sponsored. And you see in his right hand, he's got a lighter. Oh, oh sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh no. There is another idea of containment. Yeah, that was what I was gonna bring up. Because this is spreading, and it's spreading quickly, and the, the longer it spreads, the more exponential that spread is gonna get. So what we need is a perimeter. And Whitaker's already getting out, like, a big roll of cable, and he's starting to set up, like, basically a tripwire around this area, so, like, he can have something of a barrier in between this and the rest of the forest. So if they get to this point, they'll at least be slowed down by something. Okay, yeah but an ice wall would be a lot better. Why not both? What does your heart tell you to do, Hugo? To use magic to bar a place or portal to a specific person or type of creature, 
in this case, barring the remainder of the woods from the Mykonos. Ooh. Nice, nice, nice. That's a lot of ground to cover. That is a lot of area to cover. It's a lot of area to cover, but if you're fast enough, you just might be able to make it. Ooh, okay. You're a speedy dude. All right. Hmm. I'm going to break this up into a few rolls, Hugo, but I like this plan of yours. Let's say if you're going to do that, you would first need to scope out how much of the forest has been affected already. And we will say that that is an act under pressure roll using your snipe magic. Okay. Thank goodness for bonuses, because that's an eight. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Mixed success. You'll be able to figure this out, but it's a big forest and this has been happening for a while. So Hugo, you take off into the woods, snipe speed activated, and you just zip away in a flash of gold lightning. You're gonna be running for a bit. And as you you know rush through the forest, you can see, you know, eventually you find the edge of this particular group. But as you go, you see that it does sort of just expand outwards in a circle from a central starting point somewhere in this like weird oblong irregular shape and everywhere you run along the border i guess of this corruption there are more of the myconymphs touching trees breathing spores into them and then the next spirit of that tree stumbling out and joining the army there are thousands of them already jesus i feel like i made a mistake this is bigger than we thought yeah yeah you're in a national park there's a lot of trees here yikes hugo you are zipping along at Pretty natural speed, but you just have a lot of ground to cover. Yep, have fun, guys. I don't know if Hugo doing the big run would be able to find, like, the source of it. Like, I know the big blight creature is the source, but, like, maybe the original spot where the witch's hut was or something like that. That might be helpful in some way. Potentially, sure. Did you want to set up that tripwire, Whitaker? I think with the understanding that it's as big as it is, I don't know if it's going to do much as a barrier, but we might be able to trip up the big boy. Mm-hmm. Whitaker is going to toss an end of it maybe to Raven. Uh, it's big metal cable. I'll take care of that. Raven, get some cards ready. And uh, Whitaker is going to point to the big like shambling mass. Damien, can I get you to planet hoth this thing with me? <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) And Whitaker is also pulling up that same sort of cloth mask that he had with the hair witch. He's now pulling that up over his mouth and nose. Try not to breathe any of that shit in. I don't know if it's going to affect humans, but I don't want to risk it. Okay. Yeah. There are a lot of spores still in the air being spewed by the main creature. The the issue here is not that you won't be able to set it up in front of the slow-moving blight itself, but that as the nymphs walk, they're going to be tripping over it and putting stress on it, and you're going to have to like weave it in and around them in order to effectively set it up, because they continue to march forward, you know? Yeah. At this point, I'm thinking less of setting something up stationary and waiting for the beast to get there, but I'm thinking running up to it and start ducking and weaving between its legs. Oh, all right. Well, then, then it's definitely act under pressure if you're getting that close. Yeah. Raven, cover me. I'll do my best. Raven, do you want to help with this attempt in some way? Yeah, I think so. This feels like a multi-person job. And I, I think we're still, she's not really sure what she wants to do magic-wise. I will remind you, Wendy is here. Yes, I was just thinking Wendy is here <laughs> and could be very helpful for this. Yep. 
there's like a big mass creature and that's kind of like the big boss basically and it has a bunch of legs it doesn't really even have legs it just it's is just like, like a big blobby yeah kind of okay take a coral reef and now it's able to move Okay. And made of, you know, mushrooms and fungus and things. It's got like some fungal shapes that act as sort of tendrils and like pseudopods, but it's not really a vertebrate anatomy at all. (laughs) Okay. I was picturing like a big mass that had like a bunch of little legs on the bottom. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't know why. (laughs) It's like a moving compost pile. Mm, Ew. (laughs) I bet it smells amazing. You probably don't want to be breathing what you're smelling around here. <laughs> yeah, I, Raven's definitely gonna like, she's got a scarf, like pull that up over her face just to try and protect her from the spores a little bit. You might want to use some magic to like work on that miasma because otherwise you guys are gonna start making rolls just to avoid that. What do you mean? <laughs> this thing has like complete... a cloud of spores around it. Oh. A, a bunch of different colors just sort of emanating from its body. Okay, so me and Windy are going to try and use Windy's wind arrows to blast some of that away from Whitaker and Damien as they're going. Okay, cool. So that will be probably use magic Mm -hmm. and probably it's almost closer to banish if you're trying to like dispel the poison miasma of this thing, not the creature itself, but at least this like part of its anatomy. Yeah, I think it's, if you're watching it, the idea is that it's blowing it away, but then instead of just blowing out into the air, the wind is hitting it and like dispersing it and it's gone. So it's like banishing the spores as the magic hits it. Mm -hmm. Raven's treating it like I had described earlier with Windy and Raven having this routine that they can do where Windy will like leap up and launch themselves off of Raven's shoulders. And so Raven is like assisting Windy in this. Cool. So you can roll that. Whitaker and Damien, how'd you do on your act under pressure? It's a 10 for Whitaker. Okay. I have a question about acting under pressure. And I am curious about bottling it up. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's a professional move. Look at you. Yes, it is. Because I would like to make sure that this works. Do I add the bonus before or after? It doesn't say whether it has to happen before or after. And I feel like the act of bottling it up is almost more applicable after the fact thematically. Yeah, you're making the choice based on how you rolled. You're like about to fail and you go, no, 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 I'm gonna tip that down, I'm gonna get it. You know, like that kind of <laughs> feeling. So like, yeah, I think it's it's whenever you want. Perfect. And in fact, is probably from like a gameplay standpoint, better to wait to see what your result is. Gotcha. So when I see that I roll a five, for example, uh-huh. and <laughs> have a cool of zero, I can choose to bottle up two to get it to seven and give Natalie two holds to use on me later. Yes, correct. Okay, I will put that in my notes. Ooh. And that still only gets you a seven. So your mixed success, you and Whitaker ran up first, I will say, because you didn't describe putting a mask or anything over your face uh, at first. You'll take minus one forward separate from the hold I now have against you Jesus. because you you breathed in some of the miasma before Wendy can shoot their cool arrow off. What'd you get on that result, Raven? After all that, I got a fucking five. Oh, that failed too? Hey, newbie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to back us up? I was waiting my turn. Okay, cool. It's called being polite. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Val. What, what are you going to do to help? Please help. I've got the big guy 
Right? You are with Reese. Yeah. I got big boy Reese. I think she's kind of just like taking in the scene around her. This is not what she signed up for. This was not how her day was supposed to go. No, ma'am. Mm -hmm. She'll look up at Reese. <sighs> okay, big guy. Now's your chance. Take it out. And she's just going to point at the blight. She doesn't know how the fuck to command a troll or give it orders, but she will do her best to just be like, go get it. Go get it. Go on. <laughs> go get it. Yeah. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's doing <laughs> like, her best. Throw a little thing of granite after it. Like, go get it. The tree. Go, boy. Go. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Oh boy, oh boy. This might actually be the worst idea ever, considering he is a nature spirit. Well, he's also made of rock. He's also made of rock. So I'm like semi-optimistic. Big rock boy doesn't have lungs. I'm like 20% optimistic. Don't take his constitution for granted. Oh my God. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> a day! Here's the fun thing, Mel. Yeah. If he does turn, we're in big trouble. Oh, it's going to cause so many problems. It's a nice big risk, and I like that that risk is on the table now. Mm -hmm. Why don't you roll use magic, Val? Because you're trying to communicate with something you clearly don't know how to communicate with. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's part of a ritual spell, oh, so yeah. we'll just make this part of that. All right. Uh, use magic. I get to mark experience because that is a six. Squad, what is happening? Swear to God, I'm surrounded <laughs> by fools. What is happening, y'all? Hugo ran into the woods. Damien is huffing spores. <laughs> We're on brand. That's what's happening. Oh, no. Okay. Um, here's what I will say. Uh, that fail. I wasn't specific enough. He just stares at me blankly. Well, no, it's worse. Oh, no. Uh, you weren't specific enough. You just pointed in a direction and said, go get it. So, Reese, their head sort of does that swivel. They're like... <laughs> looks where you're pointing. All these people are ahead where you're pointing. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Reese takes a big step and starts to step towards the entire group. No. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Is this what I get for failing? Aiden is going to try and protect everyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Bless her. I'm good. I'm the only one who rolled a success. You don't got to protect me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. Oh, and Hugo, because he's gone. Well, a couple people. And again, you rolled a success to set up a wire, not to get away from this troll foot. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> it's enough. I think escaping the fungus feet is also wrapped up into troll feet. Aiden got an 11. Good. Thank God. Yep. <laughs> Her 10 plus ability is you hold the enemy, in quotes, back. So as Reese's large stone foot comes down towards your group, Aiden, her wings flash into action and she takes off towards that foot and literally just collides with it. Oh my God. And I'll use in tandem with this, her divine strength. And so with her new superhuman strength, she just is now holding up one leg of the troll. It's very like Captain America holding the helicopter back kind of a thing. <laughs> this is way more than she should be doing, but she's keeping it from stepping on all of you. And she just grits her teeth and is like, please figure something out. Fucking hell, Val, you trying to kill us. <laughs> uh, Val watching Aiden just fucking block a troll foot just goes, what is she eating for breakfast? And then tries to course correct. <laughs> Don't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> and yell out, Reese, the blight, not the people, the blight. 
get the blight. I try to see if she can get him to shift focus. Yes, we'll let you course correct. Um, let me just, Damien and Whitaker, you managed to set up this wire. The blight, its body does begin to press wherever you've like tamped it into a couple trees. It's okay if we're just slowing it and not stopping it. Yeah, I think you're just slowing it. Like the wire starts to pull. That's fine. You know, the the trees you're knocking into are ones that you see mica nymphs coming up to and touching and beginning to rot and just like breathe the spores all over. <sighs> so the trees themselves are not gonna hold the like ends of this trip wire that you've plunged into them very long. Yeah. And you kind of start to see that the blight itself, the wire disappears into its form and it does- Oh, it just starts growing around it. It just grows around it. You know, there's nothing to this thing saying I have internal organs that need to be stopped from being sliced in half by a wire. So it just- Yeah. Grows over and around this thing. I love that. Gross. Slows a little, but not a ton. Damien, you've got the minus one. You're coughing now. The, the like spores are affecting uh, your breathing. Your your vision is going a little like psychedelic in terms of the colors you're seeing now. <laughs> oh no. Doing a little bit of psilocybin over there on the job. Raven, Wendy leapt up and fired one of their quills and it became that sort of tornado. It blew the spores away, but the resulting like vacuum drew out another cloud. Didn't mean for that to happen. If you'll recall, your brother had said, anything that works on mold will work on this thing, which includes airflow. You'll spread the spores faster with high winds. <laughs> Dang it. I didn't know that. I'm just flavoring it because of the fail. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, Had it worked, you would have blown them away. It would have been great, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, know, you could try it again. You could maybe mm -hmm. try and fully blow enough away that there just is not enough to come back. Okay, so now, Hugo, you have run around, you are seeing the large perimeter, but there's no reason you couldn't start the barring magic that you want to do. So do you want to describe that and begin that process too? It begins to snow. Okay. Ooh, uh -huh. I like that. Th that's all I got. <laughs> Gotta make people think we're in a climate crisis. Sheesh. Uh, well, use magic, I guess. Eleven. Also, if I start cutting down mica nymphs, I am killing people, right? Trees, spirits of trees. Yeah, but the trees are also people now, so I'm like... In the way that, like, a rotted corpse is a person, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I guess it would be like... The trees are rotting away, so the spirits have become these zombie spirits. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a thing where, like, they could potentially come back if we killed the blight, and that would definitely affect how ethical it is to kill them in this situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I'm going to say just for the sake of it being a fun zombie adventure, like, don't worry about that. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Sequoia is like nymph with a capital N. These are like nymphs with a lowercase n, where it's like through the magic of the blight, it is creating a, a manifestation of like the small bit of life energy in a tree. Oh. Not all trees have like a spark. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah, I get you. A rock has some spark energy in it too, mm. just by being a rock, but it's not like if you crack a rock in half, you've killed the rock spirit inside of it. It's just you've like- You've just created two rock spirits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. In the way that like Felicity's tree has a voice, 
that tree has a spark. That's special. But some of these like younger trees, it's like they haven't been around long enough to develop a full personality. Saplings, if you will. Young whipper saplings. That's right. They're just babies. You're really out to get me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, keep like, going. Natalie's going to be offensive about nymphs. It's like, they're <laughs> Natalie hates babies. Confirmed. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm messing with you. Yeah, they're not full people. Uh, I just want to know if, like, I'm gonna get narrative <laughs> ramifications for killing them. I let me make it clear. No. I want to be killing them. I want to be killing them so bad. Fine. Yes. Kill the nymphs. Their ideas. It's conceptual. Okay. It's not. Okay. They don't have names. No narrative consequence. <laughs> they are not members of society. I think just saying they're zombies now is enough. Even if they are like whole spirits with personalities and whatever that are also trees, they're zombies now. And if we know that they cannot be cured, unfortunately, they are zombies and we will have to take them down. As we see Whitaker staring at these nymphs, <laughs> wondering if they're sentient Spitting. enough to be worth saving. If Wrestling that's, with yeah. the humanity. It's just see Damien in the background making his own little homemade axe body spray flamethrower, burning him down and having a great time tripping on shrooms because the flame is all sorts of cool <laughs> colors now like fire is way more fascinating than it usually is for him oh my god damien thinks he's cutting all of them down in reality he's just watching the fire <laughs> it's just one <laughs> <laughs> he's just got a lighter like ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nice 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 i'm so natalie i don't mean to be on your ass about I do like the idea that Whitaker was standing there, like, arguing with God. <laughs> Contemplating the ramifications. Sword in his hand. Kill them. Are they people? <laughs> to lay down hard cannon, some nymphs are full-on spirits, and other nymphs are more like the idea behind, like, Christian angels, where they're sort of just a thought and then they're gone. Like, they don't have longevity or lasting personality. If you were to talk to a tree through, like, a speak with plants, it only has that sentience because of the magic you're using to tap into, like, it being a tree. That's a whole other discussion I've seen people get into is talking with plants and, like, the morality of having plants understand their own sentience. Yes. Well, yeah, because I think part of it is, like, you're projecting your own sentience into them in order to communicate with them. Exactly. And then once the spell is over, they just go back to being a plant. <laughs> they will not have a crisis. Yes. And so in the same way, these zombie nymphs, they're being created by the blight, taking that energy in a living thing and corrupting it into a soldier for it. Gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. Absolutely destroy them. They are an extension of the monster. Hell yeah. Cool. So Whitaker, you're going to kick some ass now? Yes. Whitaker, uh, seeing that this is not slowing down the main blight all that much, he may as well start going after the active ones. Till someone who can use fire, looks over at Raven very pointedly, <laughs> can stop burning this shit out. Look, I'm trying, but it's a small can. <laughs> I like the idea of David with this little Zippo lighter and the axe just, and it's like sputtering because you've already gone through the whole can <laughs> on one mic and <laughs> Yeesh, lads, it's a one and a two. Total of five. Oh, bestie. Whitaker starts to go towards one of the nymphs, but in the silhouette of the moonlight, it looks too much like a person and he can't do it. <laughs> no, what can't. if they're just black babies? I can't do it. <laughs> And it's flashbacks that last time in the woods. Oh, no. <laughs> you rush towards one of these nymphs. You cut it down with Damocles. The runes on the blade light up. 
and it cuts through this thing the way a sword would be able to cut through a mushroom. Their whole form seems to just sort of crumble away like fungus would. But your your mistake here is thinking that you would be able to cut down all the nymphs in this way, because as you cut down one, another one <sighs> steps forward and you run your sword through that one. But as you're pulling it out of the second one, another two come and <sighs> and they just start to pile onto you. Oh God, I can't kill them in any way that matters. And they start to like weigh you down. You like have to like free your hand, cut away at one, but then another one grabs your arm. They're trying to wrestle the sword from your grip and just sort of lock you down in place. Can I get some backup over here? Yeah, so, hmm, am I gonna try to use more magic? (laughs) <laughs> I will say that Reist is now headed for the Blight and avoiding your friends. Great. Wonderful. Love that. Whitaker's still being dogpiled on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, friends is a very light term. Thank you very much. Uh, right. These strangers you <laughs> met five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think Val is going to start flipping through her book again and is going to attempt some kind of freezing spell rather than a fire spell because... Fire seems like a bad idea in the middle of a dense forest. So we're gonna we're gonna try the ice method instead. We're gonna we're gonna cool things down a little bit. Sure. And she's going to try to find some kind of spell or something that has like beams of ice or like a little ice wall type situation. Mm-hmm. And I guess I will just roll use magic. What are you targeting with this? Targeting specifically the ones that are dogpiling Whitaker. Okay. Yep. Hope I don't fuck this up. I fucked this up. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) another fail. What on God's green earth is going on? What is happening? (laughs) At least I get more experience, I suppose. Yeah, write this down. We could level up. You could level up mid-session, which would be wild. It would be wild indeed. How bad was it? Uh, It was literally five. Can I help? I think you could. Hugo, you have run your perimeter. You now could follow that same trail to surround the entirety of the corruption. And it is a large area of the forest. But at this point, you are running, 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 and you start to see through the trees the dark silhouette of Reist. So you know that you've come around and come full circle uh, to meet up again with your friends. And as you zip out into this clearing, you see Val with their book. Are you still on Reist's back? Oh no, she had jumped off his back last time, yeah. Okay, yes. So you're just sort of flipping through a book and like beginning to mark glyphs in the air to cast something. Hugo, this is the sloppiest spell work you've ever seen. (laughs) Roll to help out. I'm so sorry about this one shot, Natalie. (laughs) Welcome to the show. This is great. This this allows me to show the failing forward (laughs) <laughs> aspect of Monster of the Week. Yeah. You still were able to cut down some Mica Nymphs, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was bad, and Val yeah. might get their spell off, but something else terrible might happen. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. It's an eight. An eight to help out. Yep. Does that still grant plus two to the roll, thanks to your helping hand ability? It does. However, expose yourself to trouble or danger. Mmm. Indeed. There's plenty of that to go around. Oh, good. Cool. Let's see. Val, well, what do you do? How do you fix Val's spell that's about to go sideways? Hmm. <laughs> he yells your footwork's off. <laughs> Correct her posture. I was about to say, honestly. So as Val is moving their hands, trying to make the glyphs in the air, he's going to be bouncing around, poking at certain spots of the air itself to add in extra bits into the glyphs. Oh. Hmm. 
your red teacher's pen, you go and correct all the mistakes. <laughs> Goodbye. I am deceased. So the magic fires off. What does this freezing spell look like, Val? Oh, shit. I think it looks just like a swirling beam of ice and it, it maybe looks a little disorganized and frantic, kind of how she's feeling right now mm-hmm. as it like almost unnaturally kind of zips with the speed. I think she felt inspired by Hugo watching him just mm. zip off. And uh, for a split second, you think it's a lightning bolt, but it's an ice bolt. Okay. Yeah. This is going to have a glitch because you only have a seven. What glitch is it going to have? Let's be dramatic. You take one harm, ignore armor. I give myself like a a little bit of frostbite. Mm. Hugo, you've done what you can to try and help this spell, but it does backfire still. And the harm you are exposed to is being right there when the spell bursts. Uh, So you and Val will take one harm. Uh, ignore armor from the ice, just sort of shards of it. Uh, it's not even frostbite. It's literally just the shards of ice cut into you uh, as the thing explodes and you get some cuts in your face and hand. But it streaks forward and Whitaker, you are being surrounded and clawed at and, and held down by these mica nymphs, which continue to dogpile on you. But as you like fight your way to the top of them, they freeze. And you are now sort of encased in this statuous structure, lifting the sword out of their reach as they all grab onto you and hold you in place because they are now all frozen as well. It's actually zero harm for Hugo <gasps> because we modified the enchanted clothing move so that he takes minus one harm from any source. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Your tattoos function as harm reduction now. Nice. Okay, cool. As it impacts with you, your tattoo on your arm that has the snowflakes design, they just pulse once with sort of cerulean blue energy and the ice crystals that would cut or stab at you just sort of get absorbed into your skin. And that glyph is now pulsing, like it's got a little bit charged up. Oh no. Okay. The snow gets a little heavier. Oh shit. I'm just thinking now it's like perfect fall foliage weather in this forest and we're going to get snow. It's going to be a very interesting color palette. Whitaker, you're stuck in a statue of myconids as they all freeze solid around you. You hear like a muffled little, I'm getting too old for this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, if only someone had a device which was good against wood and ice and he only returned one of them to the hardware store. And uh, Damien will use the little chainsaw he has from earlier to try to get Whitaker free. Incredible. Oh my god. Act under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Try and carve Whitaker out like an ice sculpture. Yes. (laughs) I cannot fucking believe you. You brought the fucking chainsaws with you. Camping. Just one. They made him return the other one. You might have needed firewood. Exactly. (laughs) What we need is fire. Oh my god. Also, just throwing it out there. We should not be averse to starting a forest fire. We have had the technology to deal with forest fires for years and years and years and years. Yosemite's National Park absolutely has a forest fire fighting service. They do not have a blight fighting service. This is a good point to make. It's us. We're We're the blight blight fighting (laughs) service. How we do, Damien? That is an eight. Okay. Not bad. All right. Take a little off the top. Mm. <laughs> Rocking that millennial mullet. Mm. I will give you this, Damien. 
hard choice. It's either going to take you a long time to get Whitaker out this way, or you can do it quickly, but you're going to ruin the chainsaw in the process. You should not cut ice with a chainsaw. It is not good for them. Ooh. I've uh, seen this done on TV, Whitaker. Ice is made to be cut with chainsaws. This is what they're <laughs> built for. Uh, so I'm going to take care of this no time at all. All right. You quickly cut Whitaker free. And like, you know, he's <laughs> careful enough that you're not going to get hurt by this thing. And eventually, once the ice is weakened, you are able to just sort of break yourself free and use Damocles to chip yourself out. But then, Damien, as you you know turn to be like, all right, you bastards, and bring the Mica Nymphs to bear on this chainsaw, you see it sputters out and it... <laughs> And the little like battery pack that it runs off of just completely dies with all the ice crystals in its system. <laughs> the blade is super dull now. Raven's gonna try and do some magic. Okay. I think this whole time, like up to this point, the first thing she tried to do didn't work. It made things worse. And everyone keeps telling her to start a forest fire and she really doesn't think it's a good idea and she's really scared. But now it's like, I gotta do something. Yeah. I'll have Aiden run up to you. I'm gonna use her soothe ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give you a little confidence boost. Yeah, I think she's like starting to pull some cards out, but she's just like hands shaking, looking around in panic, like not actually casting anything, just like fumbling with them. Hey, take a breath. You're going to be fine. Okay. You've been practicing so much lately. You've got this. Are you sure? If you cause a fire, you can summon a water spirit and put it out. Do you think I have to use fire? Couldn't we do this with ice? It's up to you. It's your magic. I trust you to make the right choice. Oh my god, look out! Shoves you out of the way as wrist foot comes down and actually steps on a tendril of the blight that was reaching for the two of you. boy, Reese. Yeah, good job, Reese. <laughs> Very helpful. <laughs> she reaches over and gives him a quick little pat on the foot as a thank you. Uh, and Aiden just says, just try something because I don't want to get stepped on again. That was, uh, I think I threw my shoulder out. <laughs> oh, it was so cool though. <laughs> you looked amazing and she's going to do some magic. All right. Yeah, I just, just threw my shoulder out a little bit. God, what a what an inconvenience. <laughs> just stopping a whole stone troll. <laughs> massive, several hundred ton stone troll bearing down on her. She's got like mud up to her knees where she sunk down into the ground, yeah. holding it back. Mm-hmm. No biggie. I wasn't trying to flirt, but we can say that Aiden is like <laughs> covered in dirt and super sweaty and just like really doing it for Raven in this moment. <laughs> it's not the dirt. It was the show of superhuman strength that was like swooning. You just have to assume that almost every moment between these two is just going to be straight up flirting, whether intended or not. That's fair. Aiden's in her full Lumberjane era now. They're lesbians, Harold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God. I rolled a 10. A 10? Nice. Yeah. Okay. It worked. The flirting worked. <laughs> <laughs> Impress your girlfriend. The power of lesbians. I'll change Aiden's soothe move to just call it flirt. When it's with Raven. <laughs> for the listeners, we have updated mechanics for Raven's spirit magic to share. This improvement is meant to reflect her growing more capable and comfortable with her particular magic specialty. For this updated custom weird move, on a seven to nine, Brittany rolls on the old table we have for determining the card she pulls. Mm-hmm. On a 10 plus, she can pick any card in the deck herself. And on a 12 plus, if she picks a spirit she has summoned before, she can advance that spirit's abilities to make them more powerful and stronger than we've seen them before. All right, I think that pep talk worked. I think she is gonna try and get from the fire suit. I want to do the strength card. <gasps> okay. Oh, this is great. Because that feels very 
cool and effective, but also playing it a little safe. Mm-hmm. Can you tell everyone what the fire card is of strength? The nine of wands is fire ants. Oh, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And we have a lot of ground to cover. You summon the fire ant spirit. And when you pull the card, you travel to the sort of white plane spirit realm where you were able to communicate with these spirits and call on their help. Mm-hmm. And you're looking around, you can't see anything. It's like nothing. And then you hear a little voice in your ear and they say, What are your orders, Captain? And you look on your shoulder and there's a little fey spirit wearing armor made of like an ant carapace oh. with like a little spear and shield. Oh my God. And they have given you like the, the little like Roman salute kind of thing. She's gonna stand up a little bit straighter. <laughs> <laughs> there's a blight in the forest and we need to take it out. Can I depend on you and your army? You got all of us. We cut away and Raven, as you draw the card, it bursts into flame and you flick it like a card trick (laughs) and it hovers in the air, burning for a second and bursts and little embers drop to the ground and continue to drop. It's like a sparkler firework in the air as little sparks and embers shoot off this card and drop and drop and drop. And you start to see these little glowing ant spirits and they form a little pile and then a mound and then a bigger mound and rising up in the forest, all these ants swarming together, they start to take on a humanoid shape. A big hand drops down into the ground made of ants, another and they force themselves up as two legs And as the head rises and fully forms, we see two little buns, like Raven's old pigtail buns. And you have this big avatar of fire ants. And as you move, the ants match your movements. Oh my God. Holy shit. (laughs) But there's still the one little ant spirit on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And they say, Allegiance, you're at your command, Captain. Oh my God. Let's do this. I think she's gonna do a few little experimental moves watching it and making sure it's like matching her. Mm-hmm. And then she's gonna try to punch the big mass of mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you bring a fist down and just as it strikes, you see a crackle of red and orange energy shoot from the shoulder of this collective of ants down into the fist so that when it strikes, a gout of fire impacts with the surface of the blight and several sections of it wither and burn and smoke as the fire ant form crushes part of it and just burns this searing fist indent into its body. I think she's going to do kind of a, she'll pull her fist back up and then, I don't know how to describe this, do like a little happy dance. (laughs) Just like, oh my God, that was so cool. And then realize the giant ant avatar is also doing that and then stops so she doesn't accidentally step on anyone. Boom, boom, boom. The earth shakes with all the weight of the ants. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Easy, Raven. Some of us are trying to cut down nymphs over here. Uh, Raven will turn her giant ant avatar towards Whitaker and then call to him like, can I help? Christ, that is terrifying. I know. If you can stop this area from spreading, we can start to fan out a bit. It looks like you can cover a lot of ground. 
Hugo, I got 80 feet of galvanized steel cable inside that thing if you want to light it up a little more. The snow clouds have gathered and are beginning to rain down onto the forest. So, Hugo, what's your plan? Snow thunder is pretty awesome. If you need something to ground it, I can do another lightning rod, but there is metal inside that beast. And uh, lightning does kill fungus cells along with all other cells. <laughs> can we do the thing? Is now a good time to do the thing? That was the best time. Could Whitaker like take the end of the cord and throw it like up in the air? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. As uh, Raven starts to like sweep out and like comb through the masses of mica nymphs, yeah, Whitaker is just gonna duck and roll and get like yeah one of the ends of the cable that's trailing out behind the thing, and he's gonna like wrap it around the end of his sword. Yeah, I guess he's just gonna like throw the end of it up into the air and yeah looking like the star wars poster <laughs> but he'll he'll let go of it before the lightning strike i hope oh yeah if you're throwing it you should be good you might want to get down on the ground immediately but it's not touching you anymore yeah we're, we're gonna clear out roll to not die whitaker you're holding the sword aloft i'm gonna throw it when hugo gives me the word okay with the cable connected to it yeah aiden gives you a look hugo and she says don't hold back. I can take it. <gasps> uh, and she flaps with her wings and goes towards where Whitaker is with the sword so she can grab it and take it even higher. Excuse me? All yours, Angel. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so here's a question. Yeah. Do you want this as a kick some ass type of role or do you want this as a banish a spirit or curse? I think it's kick some ass. I think you guys are still working on this creature. It's not gone yet. Again, it's a big thing. Like I said, when I said coral reef, I meant big, you know, not just like a, a 10 foot pile of junk. Like it's it's maybe 30 feet diameter wise. So a combat magic lightning blast. Sure. Got it. Let's do it. I'll be ready to help out if you need it. I can also try to help out since I'm huge. Oh Lord. Look at that. It's a 12. Hell yeah. <sighs> but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Okay, Billy Mays, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> because kick some ass is advanced, so we can totally double the normal harm of that. So instead of three, it's six. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in fact, I'm going to say, because Aiden's helping and she got a 10 on an act under pressure roll. Uh, she's going to channel some of her divine celestial energy into this strike as well. Uh, and we'll double that too. Motherfucker! Oh my god. Is there anything I can add? Damocles base stats. I've got precise strike to aim for a weak spot. Is there anything I can do to add to this harm? What dem runes do? <laughs> Consider this, Natalie. What dem runes do? <laughs> hmm. Whitaker, I'm gonna say this. Aiden's gonna have to tank this hit. She sure is. So you might wanna wait. All right. And help her or protect her as she takes this. Cool. Sure thing. Raven is also on standby to catch Aiden if she needs to, because she's big. You toss the sword into the air. She flies forward, grabs it, and shoots upward, rocketing as her wings carry her skyward into the, the storm clouds of the snow. Hugo, your eyes crackle with lightning. It travels down your arm, and as you extend a hand out, it lances towards the cable, shoots up, and then back down. As it rises, it is blue. When it passes through Aiden and she tanks six harm with all of her celestial armor and whatnot, 
She'll take three, but she does have her divine strength. So she would do three harm with a smite. We'll double that to another six. So 12 harm. As it runs through her, she grips the sword. The runes light up gold on the blade and the lightning travels back down in a gold flash into the body of the blight and it just crackles from within and you see several of the structures on it burst with lightning and wither and die as this thing takes a massive hit thanks to the three of yours teamwork. I will say Aiden, having taken three harm, is just on the cusp of unstable, so she does start to plummet. Uh, if Raven, you want to catch her with the ant construct, or if Whitaker, you just want to catch her. <laughs> yes. I think we can team up on that. Raven, you can catch Aiden, and I'll grab whatever's left of like the smoking cable to pull the sword away so she doesn't accidentally land on the sword. Well, that, yeah, mm. that's a good idea. I like this. Cool. Yeah, Raven will hold her hands out and try to cup Aiden mm -hmm. as she falls and then like catch her. Yeah, just you land in a pile of ants. Ooh, mm -mm, no, thank you. She tries to just break her fall and then immediately gently put her on the ground so she doesn't have to be held by ants anymore. <laughs> Honestly, it, it wouldn't be that bad, I think. Because these yeah. are ant spirits. They're not like trying to be ants and swarm her. This would be like falling in like a, a pile of like ball bearings, kind of. <laughs> she still puts her very gently on the ground. Yes, you can set her down. She's smoking a bit, and there's little crackles of energy sparking off her, but she slowly sits up. <coughs> I'm fine. I'm good. Ugh, keep punching the thing. You're doing so good. <laughs> Before she does, Raven's going to so gently and probably not actually touch her, but reach out with her giant ant hand and, like, pat Aiden's head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, Whitaker, you whip the sword back. It's not warm. Ooh, interesting. It is perfectly touchable. You can just pick it up right away. It's not smoking or anything. This is a magic sword. I imagine like the cable when he grabbed it was like pretty hot to the touch. The cable is hot, yes. You'll need to be careful to remove that, but the sword is fine. Interesting. I love that. Yeah. After such a big success, I think the next thing we should do is have Val do some magic and Damien help. Yeah. Val is supposed to fail spectacularly, and Damien has two holds against <laughs> his help. This is true. Oh, my God. We can't telegraph it that much. You want to take that again? Is like, hey, I'd love to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm keeping over here. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, uh, Val, it looks like you're having sort of a, a rough go trying to cast spells and hold the book simultaneously. Uh, if you want, I can hold the book. That way you can free up your hands for the incantations and everything. I think Val's like a little distracted at first by the fiery ant construct and was just watching it for a second like, fuck, that's a cool card trick. What? what? <laughs> uh, cast some magic. You've got the magic book here. Let me uh, hold it up for you. Just uh, read, give your big guy something fun to do. Uh... She's kind of like a little taken aback, but she will, she'll listen to him and uh, she'll try to cast another spell. And if we're, it seems like we're going the fiery route. So we're going to, we're going to try some fire now. Okay. You know, feeling, feeling okay about fire. And I got, I got a little mushroom die. I'm going to roll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> please love me mushroom die. Oh no. How we do? Double ones. <laughs> <laughs> well. As the prophecy foretold. Betrayed by the mushrooms. 
<laughs> As the prophecy foretold, you fail spectacularly, Val. I love how I'm supposed to fail at a critical moment, but I've just been failing left and right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They've all mm -hmm. been critical moments. <laughs> this is a pretty critical moment, I would say. What's your weird, Val? Plus one. Okay. But the book gives me plus one forward to use magic. Right. Okay. So it's a four. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really help that, Damien, unless you... Do you have a help out as advanced? I do not. Okay. Mushroom die. I thought we were cool. <laughs> I'm going to say this. You launch this gout of fire at the blight mm. and we see it burn away a portion of the blight, but it recoils and... Because it is the fire ant construct and Reese that have been pummeling this large mass, I'm gonna be a little flexible with the wording of you lose control of the magic as the blight itself, tendrils reach out and wrap around Reese's form. Oh no. And begin to climb up and around the one leg and then the body and another leg and sprouting tendrils of more fungus and giving Reese the troll arms. And we see it struggling, but the blight has now just completely subsumed and is puppeting your troll. Oh, this is everything I feared. By coating its body such that now we have two titans in the forest, a raven ant doppelganger giant and a troll puppeted by the blight itself. Val is going to snatch her book back from Damien's hands, like, not doing that again. I think she blames it on the fact that she couldn't see it very well. Um, <laughs> shaky hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, shaky hands. Hello, adventurers. Thanks for joining us for the second part of our onboarding episode. I'm going to try to fly through this mid-reel this week because I'm really excited for you to get to enjoy the finale of this story. So let's get to it. You can find the Storyteller Squad on social media, at Story Squad Cast. Lately, we've been using Instagram the most, but we're on all the other big platforms in some form or another. If you give us a follow, aside from these mid-reels, that's the best way to catch announcements and stay up to date with what we're working on. And sharing or engaging with our posts helps us matter to the algorithm overlords. If you'd like to chat with other fans of the show, and sometimes the rest of the cast and I, use the invite link in our show notes to join our community Discord server. After last episode, we had a flood of new folks show up, and it's been really cool to see you all chatting and getting along. I personally can't wait to read the spoilers discussion for this episode. Our Discord is now totally free, but some of our devoted listeners are also signed up for our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash thestorytellersquad. If you enjoy the episodes we put out, it would really help us with our goals for 2024 to see the Patreon grow some more. Not everyone can subscribe to that sort of thing, and we get it. But if you're in a position where you can support artists like The Squad and I, it really makes more of a difference than you might realize. Thank you to all our existing patrons. You're amazing. One way to support the show that is entirely free is rating us on the podcast app you use to listen. We've gotten some great reviews from some of you already, but if you haven't done that yet, it's a wonderful way to send us some validation and helps us get recommended to other people searching for shows in our genre. Thank you so, so much for listening. I'm really excited to start working on the episodes for season three. It's crazy to think that it's already almost here. But before we can get there, we've got to see how our heroes manage to wrap up this adventure. So take care, adventurers. We'll see you next time.
Hey there, adventurers. It's Natalie. I'm here to let you know that this episode is sponsored by our lovely friends at Many Worlds Tavern. You've probably heard us talk about Many Worlds Tavern before, but if you think we're going to stop hyping up our friends and their online tea and coffee company, you must be new here. So let's get you up to speed, newbies. Many Worlds Tavern offers a truly delicious array of coffee and tea options, all presented in an aesthetic so cozy and pastoral, it's obvious why we love their vibe so much. I've tried a lot of Many Worlds products, but my favorite remains their peach white tea, Nectarine Stream. This one sells out quite a bit, so if you can catch it when it comes in stock, you won't want to miss your chance to order some. Maybe you've got some family members you forgot to send holiday gifts to. You could send them a box set of Many Worlds Treasured Realm series, a monthly release of ever-changing coffee blends paired with a healthy bundle of gaming goodies. You can use our discount code STORYTELLER all one word, all capitalized, for 10% off your entire order. So visit ManyWorldsTavern.com and find a brewable drink to perfectly pair with your game night or tabletop group. You'll be supporting friends of ours and the Storyteller Squad by using our code STORYTELLER when you order. Thanks, adventurers! Uh, yeah, don't worry. I take full responsibility for uh, for that. Dude, whatever. Just set that shit on fire. Raven. <laughs> yes? Your ant construct gets punched in the face by two coiled tendrils of polyps that just <laughs> crack into the ants. Oh, hell no. And you get knocked to the ground. Oh, I was going to ask if it hurt. It does. You feel like you just got clocked in the jaw and fall back onto your feet. There's no mark on your face or anything, mm-hmm. but you felt the force of it. Do I take any harm? I think we will start like a separate tracker for you. I'm going to say you're going to take one harm. Mm-hmm. When you get to three, the construct will lose its stability and break apart. Okay. Three total? Yeah. When your harm tracker gets to three from being hit by these like force strikes that are being transferred through the bond you share, then yeah, you'll have lost too many ants. It won't be able to form the the big version of you. Okay, because I was already at one from earlier, and so I'm at two now. So I can only get hit once. Act fast (laughs) before you have to do something else. Yes. So Raven, you have been struck by the blight, which has taken over Reest. Val. um, I fucked up. You you failed in a critical moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Without actually you having to spend that on me, yeah. Narratively, that's a very good place for it to happen. It failed so spectacularly. A normal fail wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah. That's very fair. You also, at this point, see Mimu and Rear run up to you. Mimu and Rear! Fuck, I forgot about those fuckers! And they're just, like, stamping their feet at you, like, looking very angry. Their little, you know, blank faces have, like, angry brow expressions. And it's just going off of you. Yeah, okay, I know. I fucked up. Get off my back. <laughs> Rear puffs up their not body. Like, they just like stand up really straight in a huff and turn around and like plant their feet. Like, I'm not looking at you. And then Mimu, you see them running towards Reese's giant form and they just start like kicking the foot of the troll. <laughs> God, do I... 
do do I do I attempt magic again? Do I attempt to banish or spirit or curse from the person, object, or place it inhabits? Why don't you act under pressure? Because there's a mic and nymph coming for you. Sure, yeah. In fact, several of them are coming for you because the blight now sees you and that book as a problem. Where is Raven in association with all this now that big fire ant? Kaiju has been struck. Is she still inside Fire Ant Kaiju or has she been knocked out? She's never been inside it. She's just sort of been on the ground, like like remotely piloting it. Nearby, yeah. Oh, okay. Raven, here is a magic user who is very unconfident with her magic. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are inspiring words you could give to this young magic user to help her out? Oh, like how you keep saying young magic user. <laughs> As if she's like a teenager. <laughs> Young as in like, clearly not very experienced. <laughs> this green magic user. That's a really fantastic idea and I like it. I just don't know what she would say because she's already just barely got any confidence in herself. I think that's what would make it genuine. But like, if you don't have anything, don't like, don't force it. I also don't know that she would know that this was Val's fault. You have enough battlefield awareness, Raven, to like have seen where the gout of fire came from. Okay. And, you know, like see like the remaining runes, they dissipate from Val's hand from the spell book. But yeah, you see them being swarmed as you struggle to your feet after getting decked through this weird link you have with the ants. She'll, uh, she'll stand up and kind of dust herself off a little bit. I think she will turn towards Val and she's kind of saying this to herself and also to Val. Just try it again. It's okay. Let's just keep going. Did you still want that act under pressure roll, Natalie? Yeah, because you're being swarmed. Yeah, uh, I got a seven. Okay. Not terrible. Not terrible, but not great. Damien can roll to protect someone. Yeah, why don't you, Damien? He is standing right there. You'll be able to like avoid getting swarmed, but they are still reaching and grabbing for that book of yours. Mm-hmm. So really, Damien, you are protecting the book. And that is an 11. Hell yeah. You can rush in with some other improvised weapon or something. Uh, Brass knuckles are portable. Mm -hmm. And if the wood is already rotting, then yeah, you're not punching through a sycamore or redwood. You're just punching through a rotten log. So yeah, as you stumble, Val, and the book tumbles out in front of you, you see the myconims reaching for it, crawling over you. And as one goes to reach for the book, it is just punched downward and its face just eats dirt and it then breaks apart as Damien stands there with his brass knuckles and squares up to take on the swarm that were chasing you. Give us a heroic line, Damien. Oh, I'm all out of tree puns. <laughs> no, that's it. He's going to punch the tree into smithereens, give it a kick and say, I'm out of tree puns. <laughs> <laughs> and Val will just be like, that's totally fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. That seems to be working. You can get your book back. Yeah, I think she's collecting her book back to flipping through pages, trying to find something useful and hopefully something that'll fucking work. At this point, the ground is starting to get a little bit of snow cover and the myconymphs are continuing to move out of the woods. They just seem to keep coming, but from within the direction. They're they're less Mm. focused now on corrupting more trees and it seems like whatever army of them exists is being called here to this point. To like the center point or to to where your group is. Like the blight is trying to eliminate this oh. resistance to its spread, so it's calling in extra reinforcements. Yikes. Fuck. Hugo, what's going on with this storm? Let's wrap up this 
action of magic that you're doing here? What are you trying to do? You know, that's a very good question. Technically, it has already served its intent and purpose. Which was? To keep everything in place. To keep things from going to the outer parts of the forest. Technically, all you did was make it snow. You haven't really erected any barrier or done anything magical to actually halt the spread yet. Mm. So if creating the barrier to literally contain everything is your goal here, I would have you probably roll plus weird. Okay. Ten. Okay. Yeah, I think seeing the blight focus its efforts on your group, there is a chance here to contain everything. I have this very cool idea, but I want to see what you would come up with. Again, there's snow now covering this area of the forest that you like mapped out with your speed before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you get that effect that happens the morning after there's snow? It's been on the ground for a while and it, it heats up, so it melts a little bit, but then it freezes again. So everything mm-hmm. is all sort of stuck together. So instead of that light, fluffy snow that anyone can just sort of trounce through, it's got that nice crunch because it's all stuck together. Could you use something like that to help take this snow from just being snow to like really stop these guys from running around? There's also just excess moisture around. You've always described Hugo's ice magic as like needing the extra moisture to be able to cast it. And you have summoned quite a bit of extra moisture now. I'm trying to not tread too far into the trapping aspect since I didn't do the trapping spell. I feel like when you're doing another roll, you can change the effect. I can also tell you what my idea was. Was it Thunderdome? Kind of, yeah. Okay, I I was thinking Thunderdome. (laughs) Tell me about Thunderdome. The ice is starting to form a globe on the outskirts as it piles up and starts to freeze and reach over, interlacing with the trees that already have snow on them. Mm -hmm. Like a big snow globe? Like a big snow globe. Here's the only caveat I will add to this in the description, because this is exactly what I was thinking, Hugo. You have to be there to make this happen. So it's time to run again. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) But this time, as you run and with those heavy breaths, condensation forms because of the coldness you've created in the air, causing the moisture to materialize and gather. And as you run, now with the snipe speed at your feet, but everywhere you step in the snow, you're planting little glyphs with your footsteps. And the snow begins to rise and branch out like ice crystals forming and connecting to the snow on the trees that have gathered. And so as you run around the perimeter you ran before, now by running the same trail, you activate the snow and ice and it climbs and forms a massive ice wall, fully surrounding the affected areas of the forest and creating a physical barrier that the myconymphs can't pass through. Because again, the nymphs are not like particularly strong. Their only thing is they touch trees and corrupt them. So now that this ice is in the way, they just stick to it because they're also made of plant matter and they kind of just pile up against the wall and are frozen and unable to have much else happen to them as you, again, run this perimeter and the ice wall (laughs) rises up. You can all see it uh, as Hugo takes off again, beginning to eclipse the tree line in terms of its height. And there is a loud booming sound and he chuckles to himself, <laughs> Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so cool. Very nice. Yeah, and in fact, we get a lightning strike and a zoom out from where it hits the ground to see the raven ant construct and the blight 
puppeted uh, Reese squaring off in the middle of the wood clearing that you guys are all in right now. Raven, what's your next move? After she calls out to Val, she like shakes it off like a boxer would, even though she doesn't know how to box. <laughs> Martial arts, though. You, you've sparred and been hit before. Yeah, 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 yeah. She went from just hit the really slow moving thing to like, oh, I got to get into like actual fighting mode here. And so I think she's squaring up. She's trying to remember her training and remember her footwork. Start sparring. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and kick some ass. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's a seven. Okay. For someone with zero tough, not that bad. Mm-hmm. What would it be with weird, since you're technically fighting with your magic here? Oh, that'd be a nine. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to use the power of love. <laughs> what does that mean? This is Aiden's move from the Pararomantic playbook. When you use help someone to help your partner, you don't have to roll plus cool. You automatically help as though you rolled a ten. I forgot she had that. I was kidding earlier. Oh, no, she has it. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, you have it. If your partner is another hunter, the same applies when they help you. So if you ever help Aiden, you just get a 10. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to write that on my sheet somewhere. That's amazing. I forgot it went both ways. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You square up and come at this creature. Your nine becomes a 10, so pick a, a bonus from Kick's Mass. I will gain the advantage... And I want to give plus one forward to whoever's going to go next. Okay. I want her to use this as an opportunity to make the creature like vulnerable and set up the next person for a really good hit. Okay. You strike at the creature. Let's see. Aiden helps out. How does she help out? Oh, wait. I, I'm fighting the the troll, right? Yeah. The blight is growing on Reese now like a bunch of lichen covering the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, I, I still want to take the advantage and do the plus one forward. But the way I want to do it is I want Raven to like spin kick it in the face and knock it down. <laughs> you could absolutely spin kick it if that's what you want to do. Sure. It's a cool move. <laughs> I want to just take it down so that the rest of the group can focus on like finishing off the blight and then we can hopefully that might free the troll as you're squaring up you don't quite have your guard up yet Mm -hmm. and this thing is coming in to punch you again again if you take harm from this thing you will disperse the ant spirit yeah so I want her to duck out of the way of the punch it's coming at you with another one of these pseudopods and a gold flash appears in front as Aiden body checks the fist to knock it off course Mm -hmm. that's her helping you out Yep. And then she kind of swoops up and around and out of the way as you, now with a completely open and off-balance troll, your aunt avatar does a full roundhouse just right in this thing's jaw or where a jaw would be and carries it. I don't... A day might be the only person who would actually understand this, but like when you kick something, you can either like sweep your foot and smack them or you can connect and then pull with your leg down. And this is what Raven does. Yes. You connect and then force downwards with the kick. It's not just like a I swing past and smack you. It's like you are kicking and driving with the avatar of the ants downwards and knock this thing into the ground again. I will say, because you took plus one forward, who are you giving it to? Whoever wants to go. 
was thinking of doing something for the troll, but if we're focusing on the blight. They're one and the same right now. Yeah, I've knocked it down, so if you want to try and do something. Honestly, by kicking it down, you have created an opportunity for someone like Whitaker who can't fly or be giant to actually come in and do something. So that works out. That's perfect then, yeah. Yeah, you knock it to the ground. And unfortunately, because the blight is this like amorphous thing, one of the pseudopods just sort of grows out of the back and comes up and like sucker punch uppercuts your ant form. Mm-hmm. And that's one more harm. You're at three now. Yep. So you get your bell rung and the ants kind of... And because it punches right through the head of the ant construct, that breaks them apart and they begin to drift away like embers of the breeze. The little ant spirit on your shoulder says... Sorry, Captain, our forces are scattered. Call us once we regroup. (laughs) And they hop off and vanish on the wind like a little ember. I did not think I was going to find the fire ants cute, but (laughs) man, that's adorable. Ants are cute. So ants are done, but Whitaker... You can rush forward at this thing as you see the Blight now struggling to lift Reese's form. Because again, it grew onto them when they were already standing. And now that they're not like helping to support the weight upright, the Blight might not be strong enough to get them fully erect again and like puppet them that way. Yeah, Whitaker's gonna run up to the fallen stone troll. He's gonna find the largest rock that has like the most of this lichen material infecting into it. And he's gonna sort of reverse Excalibur, plunge the sword into the stone. Yo! (laughs) Twist it to kind of knock out a good chunk of the stone. In this like hole that he's wedged into the rock, he is going to throw down a small canister of camping lighter fluid light up a little lighter, drop it, and roll back with the sword and wait for an explosion. Very cool. Fuck, that's cool. I want to propose something to you, Whitaker. By all means, please do. Have you ever looked at the alternative weird basic moves? No, I have not. It's a thing I kind of want to start to incorporate in case people want something besides magic and you and Val are sort of characters that might want that. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Take a look at No Limits. No limits. When you push your physical body past its limits, roll plus weird. On a 10 or more, your body obeys your will to the limits of physical possibility. Yeah, I mean, that's that's perfectly reasonable. For Whitaker, whose body is sometimes maybe failing him in certain ways. I don't know if this is like the right flavor, but I'm looking at the other options and none of the others are as applicable. Hey, this is as good a start as any. Yeah, why not? I think we could tie it, too, to the magic of the sword. I think that's going to be key. I don't think he'd be able to do any of these on his own. It would have to be in conjunction with a magic item of some sort. I think your bond with Damocles the sword is growing stronger. And so, like, you almost instinctually, like, the way you described it, you just ran up and were about to plunge a sword into rock. Like, how did you think that was going to work for you? But it does sink into the stone somehow with the runes on the blade glowing and then you carve away a little bit of the space. I love that. Yeah, so real weird. Let's see how this goes. Sure, sure, sure. It's an eight. I don't have any bonuses to it because Whitaker is not particularly weird. Right, right, right. Oh, I closed the tab already. Do you have it open? What's a mix get you on No Limits? A mix gets me... You do it, but you suffer one consequence. You either suffer one harm, take minus one forward, or you need to rest right now. Mm. Um... Whitaker always needs to rest right now, but I think suffering <laughs> one harm makes sense sure. because he's in the middle of a battle and also hasn't suffered harm yet. Yep, for sure. Mm. And I can ignore my armor on that one too. 
Well, we'll say that you managed to like throw the lighter fluid in there, but don't light it as a branching growth of fungus just sort of slams you back and into a tree. Oh, sure. Uh, it just responds as you drive into the, the troll's body with uh, your sword. But very cool. I like this development for Whitaker. <laughs> I like that too. As he goes sliding back, is it possible he could be sliding near Val? If the lighter fluid's there and I need someone to like set it off. I was just about mm. to say, I feel like Val saw the lighter fluid being tossed. She knows what that is. We'll say you get bowled over and kind of land in the dust beside them yeah. as they're like flipping through their book frantically. <laughs> you got anything explosive in there? Yeah, I've got something. I think there's maybe a spell in there that works similar to fireworks. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's still fire based, but it's pew, 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 pew. Sure. So we'll, we'll try to use magic again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Plus two on top of the seven. Wait, am I mathing correctly? Nine, it's nine. Can I help out? Not with magic, but maybe just with like the aim? I mean, I guess it depends on what the creation of the spell looks like, but if I've set up this shot for her, Mm -hmm. and I'm right there, this might be as good a time to help out as any. I think if you tell her where exactly to aim, like, do you want her to aim for the sword or? Yeah, you could just reach up and like push her wrist over three inches to make sure it aims for the bit you've drenched with lighter fluid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Line her up, that little crevice right there. She'll hold it for a split second, give him a raised eyebrow, like, who do you think you are? And then just fire it off. <laughs> Roll the help out, see if it works. Let's do it. Let's get a 10. Let's get a 10. It's, uh, it's seven to help out, mm. so it does. Okay, you get a 10, no glitch on your magic. Cool. Whitaker, you're exposed to trouble or danger. Great. Did you say that Damocles is in there still? I had him pulled out, but like we can, if it's cooler that he's still there. Um, I was going to say, Whitaker's got lighter fluid on his hands and just helped aim someone oh doing fireworks no. magic. I think that's what it is. Sure, sure. You have the sword, but yeah, the lighter fluid that's like on your suit, your like tactical gear in your hands catches and you get a little burn. Oh, shit. To take a harm that you can't dodge because it's literally on your skin. <laughs> of course, of course. How, uh, how thick is the snow now? Oh, he can stop, drop, and You roll. can put It'll it out fine. pretty quickly. I was going to say, can yeah. I just like push him over <laughs> Also, the snow on the ground is being drawn forward as Hugo returns, having finished his loop. All right. And finishes the ice wall. So now you know that whatever is in this section of the forest has been fully stopped in its tracks. Cool. Good job, Hugo. Yeah. You do not have to worry about more myconyms being created than what already exists, even though there are still several of them. I have a question about the blight info that Raven's brother gave us. Mm-hmm. Did he say specifically stamp out as much of it as you can, or is it like get to the center of it, get to the source? I think it was treated like mold, like you have to burn all of it. You have to get rid of all of it or it will come back. You have to eradicate all of it. But you know what? Roll investigate a mystery, Val, okay. since you were asking questions of the keeper. Should have had you do that first. Wow, this was a much better roll overall. That's nine on the die before I add anything. Where's my plus sharp? That's a 10. There we go. Okay, ask some questions. What is being concealed here? Like, I feel like we're missing a detail. It's always a good question to ask. You could ask what can hurt it. Yeah. Like we already know what hurts it on a surface level, but yeah. what can take it out? Yeah, why not? What can hurt it? All right, the information, which we'll say Raven shared, 
right with everyone was that Lark had said, you don't want a blight to get out of control. Normally, the forest deals with something like that on its own. Mm -hmm. Meaning this is a rare case where like the virus, quote unquote, beat whatever initial response a forest normally would have in order to stop this from getting this bad. Val, the first spell you tried to cast with Sequoia's help summoned Mimu and Rear. But given your track record with casting spells, it's possible that you didn't quite do it right the first time, which is why you only got the two of them. Mm. But you look and see Rear and Mimu are still over by the blight, kicking it with their little legs. <laughs> and everywhere they kick, the blight retreats. Holy shit, we need more of them. Oh my god, they're little white blood cells. Yeah. <gasps> That's so cool. They're fighting <laughs> off the infection. Yeah. Uh, she's going to turn to Raven, point at Mimu and, and Rear, and be like, we need more of them. We're doing fine, but if we got more of those guys, we could beat this thing back. How did you get them the first time? Um, She's going to... I'm assuming it was in the book. It was in the book. Yeah, she flips to the page in the book, goes over to Raven, kind of like holds open the spread. This was the spell that I did the first time. Uh, if I just, and then I don't know if we could do use magic and one of us helps out the other or something like that, but. Would this be big magic? Maybe some big magic together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking go. You look at the, um, the spell page, Raven, and you see like, yeah, chance of success would be way better the more people you had contributing to this potentially why it didn't go so hot the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Raven's going to call over Hugo if he's nearby. Yeah, he's just returned from his run around the park. (laughs) (sighs) Cold air, not good for breathing. Ice wall, amazing. This is so perfect. Can we get your help? Hugo, as Raven is asking you this question, you see through the one opening that you've left in your ice wall, which is allowing your group to bottleneck the blight and its myconymphs, an army of them is approaching. You hear a rising chorus of their rasping growls and screams as every nymph zombie that wasn't frozen to the ice wall is now headed to this spot to defend the blight. They are trying to escape the cage you've trapped them in, and there are so many approaching that they might overwhelm the integrity of the wall where you've left this opening and threaten to simply stampede over your group. Val will just call out, okay, Gandalf and Alphaba, it's now or never, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she ever actually got their names, so like this is appropriate. Oh Lord. I think we did introductions, but I love the nicknames. (laughs) We got distracted and I, Raven never introduced herself. (laughs) Nope, nope, exactly. Okay. Did she just, What? Yeah, don't worry about it. Raven will show him the book. (laughs) Damien. Yeah. While our friends work on big magic, what are you up to? Probably keeping them clear at the moment, because while there is the giant onslaught that is approaching, that is the real timetable, I do imagine there's still straggler nymphs wandering around. And there's still the blight itself. At this point, the blight seems to be just digging itself into the ground to prevent Reist from getting up again. It figures now that it's got this thing down, if it just grows enough over Reist to prevent it from engaging again, that's fine. It thinks it can overpower the rest of you without having a troll body to commandeer. 
So yeah, you see like Reese's legs kind of struggling and trying to move, but more of the blight's form extends like a lichen and begins to cover and root into the ground with these thin, silky mycelium fibers. Damien is just a wee man. There's not much he's going to be able to do for the blight and the the giant troll. So he's uh, picking on something more his own size. Okay, you're just fighting some myconims then? Yeah, just, you know, applying brass knuckles to rotting wood. Sure, yeah, go ahead and kick some more ass. Oh, nine plus three is a 12, and that's advanced. Okay. So, yeah, Damien's having a fun time because these aren't like the sparring partners that he's used to fighting, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Hugo or Raven or Whitaker, who have years of martial arts training and kick his butt on a regular basis. These are just (laughs) slow-moving tree zombies, so it's a piece of cake to run around and punch them Mm -hmm. or get a nice kick in and stomp. Okay. You know, everyone's organizing, getting their runes and the magic and the book worked out and he's running around punching. Nice. You're able to give everyone else at least a bit of a breather as, again, they're being funneled. So you sort of set up a one-man defense against them as they stumble forward, the ones that are not part of, again, the huge mass approaching. And I'm going to do the take no harm. Okay, cool. Whitaker. Yes. You see Val and two of your casters sort of huddled around the spell book. I'm going to cover them. All right, are you stepping up next to Damien then? Yep. Gotta make sure they've got time and space to do whatever the fuck they're gonna do. Hell yeah. All right, why don't you roll kick some ass too then? Or protect someone, I suppose, if you wanted to. I think protect someone might make more sense. Sure. It is the same modifier regardless. Mm Mm-hmm. Ha, that is double sixes. It's a 14 in total. I think I have that as advanced. Yeah, I, I think you do too. Yeah, I do. Okay, so advanced, protect someone. Both you and the character you're protecting are unharmed and out of danger. If you're protecting a bystander, they become your ally. Val, you're now our ally. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, perfect response to that. (laughs) And I take it that is the sound that Val makes when Whitaker, you know, cuts down a mica nymph an inch from her face, right? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That little bit gets on her face, she's like, Mm. <laughs> Not on the book. <laughs> and he strikes like, I've seen worse. Let's see. Big magic. It's going to be a use magic roll from all three of you. Okay. Sort of a, a group use magic check. And each of you will have to do a different magic effect from the list of options in order to pull this off. Ooh. From the list of use magic effects? Correct. Okay. Ooh, okay, cool. I got an 11. Got a 12. Got a 12. <gasps> Shit, y'all. Wow. See, see, they had us in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn. All right. Well, that's full successes and at least one advanced success, right, Hugo? Oh, right. I forgot about that. Oh, he's mm. advanced. What effects are you three doing? So my brain is going between banish a spirit or curse or summon a monster into the world because we are trying to summon more of these buddies. Yeah. Why don't you pick one and let somebody else do the rest? Yeah. I'll do summon a monster. I feel like if Val is summoning these little guys, if Raven can give them a boost Mm -hmm. of helping them have like healing magic, Neutralizing a poison. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Because, like, they already seem to do that naturally, but, like, as we are summoning, if we could really make sure that that effect is boosted. Yeah. Sure. Love that. And then Hugo? I think this is a little bit different in this particular case. 
observing another place or time so that we can make sure we actually find all of them. Oh. So observing their location within the spirit realm. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. I love that. Look at that brain. Can't just summon them from anywhere. We got to know where they are. So Hugo finds them, Val brings them here, and then Raven sets them on their way <laughs> with a little, a little boost. Wow. I'm living for this like three musketeers shit. Damn. Wow, gang. This is so fucking good. <laughs> the spell book pages alight. You three stand there illuminated, and in front of you, facing the oncoming horde, Whitaker and Damien stand side by side. Just two mostly normal guys mowing down Mykonimps together. For a moment, it looks like you might get overrun just by the sheer amount of these monsters surging at your group. Nymphs start grasping at Whitaker and piling onto Damien. But there is a bright flash of light as Aiden swoops in with Windy on her shoulder. Windy fires a volley of arrows to clear the nymphs off Damien. And we watch in slowed time as Aiden presses a glowing hand into the face of the nymph on Whitaker, forces it off of him, and then our camera speeds back up as she slams it into the ground where it shatters into pieces as she activates her smite ability. The four of you regroup and become an unyielding wall for the casters to perform this spell behind. Hugo, your eyes go white and suddenly you have a bird's eye view of the forest, Hugo. And you all see on the dome that has formed above the forest, two eyes appear in light and open and a third eye in a glyph on Hugo's forehead appears Ooh. that branches out like webs. Oh, shut the fuck Ooh. up. <laughs> Give him eight eyes while you're at it. And a third eye opens in the dome as well. Yes. Hugo, you not only are seeing an aerial view, but suddenly your awareness is throughout the entire forest and we see it travel and find a collapsed hut where a tree had caved in the roof of some witch's home. Maybe they had already left, but for whatever reason, it knocked their supplies over and together and you see all around this place is blackened and webby strands of the mycelial network. This is the source, the origin point of this fungal infection. And you might as well start at the source. You plunge your awareness deep into the ground of the forest here and come upon a glowing golden stream of pure magic. The ley line of this forest. And you're just able to, through the magic of this combined spell work, direct Val's attention there. Val, you now feel an upwelling of magic that you have never felt doing any spells, certainly none of them from this book. What do you think as you attempt to summon more of these little, these little guys? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, Is this the biggest magic Val has ever done? Yeah, I honestly, I'm going to be real with you. I just think like as it starts up, her brain is just going, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> no other thoughts. It's either that or some really cheesy shit about how magic is so much better when you're not alone or something like that. Oh. Mm. 
So maybe the summoning is like an invitation. I could say that in this moment, you connect briefly with Sequoia. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Love that. You get a vision of one of these nymphs, but this one is larger. And rather than just sort of a greenish humanoid, she is wooden textured on her whole body, like a a nice polished grain, not bark-like, but just like wood grain Mm -hmm. throughout her skin. Her hair is the needles of evergreen conifer trees just sort of spilling back. And she's almost sitting in the trunk of one of these large trees, almost like it sort of grew up and around her. But looking withered and a bit frail, uh, her eyes suddenly shoot open, just bright, verdant green. And she lets out one gasp. Call them. Call them. Call the guardians. Call the guardians. Okay. Um. <laughs> you have to call them. Make a little. <laughs> I think for now, she's thinking about the two little guys just out there doing their best. Yeah, they're all alone. Oh, babies. And I think she's just going to go, they need you right now, so it's time for you to show the fuck up. Nice. There we go. Very in character. I love that. Mm -hmm. And when you say that, the ley line, which you're all sort of vaguely aware of as you pull on the spell, pulses. And Raven, you reach out with your silver magic and little bursts of light begin to shoot out of this one spot and pass through your silver magic, which creates sort of a a doorway right over the ley line. And like a liquid droplet of light, they pass through the silver, land on the ground, and then suddenly stand up. And they've got the two little legs, their eyes blink open, but now within the hollow darkness of the eyes is a little silver spark. Oh, how Ghibli. Oh, God. And at first it's a couple, and they look around, and a couple more, and then dozens, and then hundreds, then thousands. A geyser of these little white spirits break up out of the ground, and when they land and stand and begin to take steps, everywhere they walk is purified, and growth begins again. Very smart to choose healing, Raven, as part of this spell. Mm-hmm. And they all begin to move forward and out into the forest, running together and over the landscape like a flood. They pass by the Mica nymphs and just charge through them. But as they run by, these little guys will do like a little like hop, skip, click their heels together and kick a tree. And the tree suddenly regrows where it had rotted away and the fungus falls off and vanishes in green and white sparkles. And you see the blight rising up as the wave of myconymphs charges at you, you know, this (laughs) screaming, scrambling mass of tree zombies. And what breaks their horde is just a forward pointed charge of the little white Fresno walkers and they just break the line of myconyms. They begin to run and swarm and surround the blight itself, just kicking away with their little feet. Oh, they're so precious. <laughs> yeah, well done. Your, your successful big magic summons the forest's immune system to arrive and stamp out this blight once and for all. Literally stamp it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazing. 
Oh, I love it. Yeah. So with that being said, the threat of the blight is gone. Well done, everyone. We did it. Wow. <laughs> Gosh, what a finale moment there. <laughs> oh my God, that was beautiful. That was so that was cool. really well described too. Thank you. The Once the blight is gone, or as it gets weaker and weaker, Reese, the troll sits up, right? And they eventually <laughs> rise to their full height. And as the, you know, the last remnants of the blight are being kicked by the um, little fellas and, and it's trying to get away, one big troll foot just comes down and <laughs> and grinds the last of the blight away into the dirt. Yeah. Fucking should. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give Reese a little moment, too. <laughs> he deserves it mm-hmm. as a treat. <laughs> Excellent. At this point, I think the ice dome begins to melt. The eyes mm. on top of it close. And Hugo, the glyph of an eye on your forehead vanishes. I think Reese turns to you, Val. <laughs> and they kind of bow, and then the rocks of them begin to tumble and fall and break apart and roll away. And rather than like collapse in a big crashing end, the rocks just sort of slowly descend as the legs get shorter and shorter and shorter, and the body falls and hits the ground, the legs roll away, and the rocks just and all the rocks sort of roll and scatter back into the woods where they'd come from before. Nice. When he bows to her, she just does like a little two-fingered salute. Like, (laughs) good job. Nice. A figure walks out of the woods from within the ice barrier. And at first you're like, oh crap, another Mike and Nymph. They didn't get them all. But this one is 10 feet tall with, again, that spruce hair and the wood texture as Sequoia walks forward, finally healed of the blight. There she is thanks to all the little spirits that are all running around. And they do, they run around around her feet, they dance, they leap up and down and you know, give each other like Aww. little foot high fives kind of thing. And like, oh my God. They're celebrating because they won. You see Mimu and Rear just like scampering about and like celebrating with their friends who finally showed up to help them. How do we tell them apart? Um, by the noises they make. Oh, got it, okay. Oh God, are they each different? Each one makes a little different sound, yeah. How many are there? Thousands. Oh, oh God. God. It's like a chorus. But what it sounds like, honestly, the, like the chorus that you hear once all the sounds begin to mingle and merge are just the sounds of like crickets and frogs and little birds and water droplets hitting the ground. Like you realize now that together, all these little defensive spirits form the sound of a forest at night. Oh, oh that's lovely. How dare you be so fucking cute. My God. <laughs> Oh my god, Natalie. Fucking precious. Damn. I'm allowed to say fuck, right? I'm so sorry. I realize I've been swearing a lot. is explicit. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So We're funny. allowed to swear here. Show us for adults. And like super chill kids. For very cute adults. <laughs> All right. So Sequoia walks forward and they address you. Thank you, Val, for your help. Don't thank me. Thank them. They did most of the work. This nymph looks at you and she says, Thank you for saving my forest. And then sees Aiden, First light. I am honored. And gives a little nod. Val does a weird little look like, What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Should we give the nymph our card too? (laughs) Yes. The nymph turns to Val as she reaches towards like her core, like the chest area. Should I give them the reward you were promised? Uh, 
I kind of need that. No offense, but this is what I came here for. So, if you don't mind. Oh no, we wouldn't want to take anything from you. I can detect a sarcasm, right? Probably, but it doesn't matter. Sequoia reaches into their chest. Like, their hand just sort of passes into their form and then comes out like they're made of nothing for a second. But when they open their hand, a glowing amber stone is in their palm. Mm-hmm. They gesture towards Val to come and take it. And it's, you know, sizable. It, it looks small in their hand, but in your hand, it's like the size of a little snow globe kind of thing. Yeah. And they say, a heart stone for your efforts. She just studies it for a second, gives a nod, and just slips it into the bag. She's going to snap her book shut. Okay, that was enough magic for one day. I've got work I've got to finish, so thanks, I guess. Bye. (laughs) And she's going to walk away. (laughs) Excuse me, miss. Is Miss Sequoia or Val? (laughs) Val in this case. Okay. She is, like, adjusting her bag really quick. She's, like, sticking the book in there, too. Yeah? Not to get all up in your business, but you've already shown that you're a little green around the magic, and now I see you're being handed something fairly powerful. Don't worry about it. I think it's actually completely within my jurisdiction to worry about it. One of you roll manipulate someone. I would love to. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That is an 11. Mm. Ooh. Okay. What she might say in order to bring this role home is it's strictly for research purposes. No extra magic is going to come from this thing. Great. You're using this for research. Who are you researching with? What university? What group? Ooh, interesting. That is classified information. It's not (laughs) classified for me. (laughs) I am classified. (laughs) God. Killing me. Not exactly a university. More like a society. The Salem Society. Fuck. And that's all you're getting. Yes! <laughs> a Salem Society that fucking goes. Raven. Yes. That was a lie. Nice. Wait, the Salem Society thing was a lie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Interesting. It's a really good sounding lie. It's like Quiplash. I'd pick that one in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, she's really great at that game, actually. <laughs> mm. I want to honor that 11. You can honor that 11, Whitaker. <laughs> oh, stop oh, no. it, Hugh. You stop <laughs> it. Um. <laughs> Whitaker is going to look to Hugo. Oh, you're a bit more of the researcher than I am. What do you think of it? Hugo, roll investigate a mystery. It's a nine. Okay, one question. What is being concealed here? Ooh. Oh, God, I love you a day. Ain't that just the way? <laughs> Hugo, a heartstone, an amber heartstone, is, it's like a, a naturally occurring magical object. Mm-hmm. It forms in the hearts of long-lived nymph spirits. Nymphs which represent the entirety of life in a forest, right? Not a single tree's bit of life energy given form, but an entire forest's worth. Sequoia is not just a tree. She is Yosemite National Park. And certain things about a heartstone, it takes a long time for one to form. So when they are like given as gifts, one, they don't hurt the nymph because it's just sort of a natural thing that occurs. It's like... Like a pearl? Almost like a pearl, yes. 
the Amber Stone does nothing for the nymph other than to just be a thing they can gift to people in exchange for favors. And often they're given to druids or witches in order to use as ingredients in spells because, again, they represent aged magic. Magic that has been crystallized over many, many years to form this little condensed nugget of power or potential power. But you need to know what you're doing in order to actually tap into and access that power. It's not a thing you can like accidentally trigger or use incorrectly and have a spell go crazy. Like you really need to know how to access the magic within a heartstone because otherwise it's very inert and safe. What was Whitaker's question again? Is this something we should be worried about? Here's the thing, Whitaker. Honestly, with their current level of spellcraft, that thing is nothing more than a fancy potential energy paperweight. Hugo, you know that doesn't reassure me. As they're having this discussion, can Val just start slowly strolling away? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please start strolling away. Damien, do you want to find them before they get too far? Yep. Uh, yeah, Val, uh, we're out in the middle of the woods. I don't know how far back the walk you have, especially because you probably don't want to use magic to expedite that process. Uh, but I got a lot of snacks in my backpack here. Uh, I got some trail mix for you, some granola bars. Oh, I'm so good. Uh, here's a bottle Thanks. of water. We got plenty. We've got the trailer. Thanks, but I'm good. I appreciate the snack offer, but I'm set. Oh, I didn't ask about your diet restrictions. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Everyone has water. Hydrate's important here. Take this water I'm bottle. So, I'm set on water, but thanks. Are you trying to use your pickpocket ability, Damien? <laughs> I was absolutely trying to use the pickpocket ability. Mm -hmm. This was all just a, a preface to... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there a role related to that? Yes, it is a charm role. Val, Damien's been very nice to you the whole time. <laughs> He's giving you a distraction, or rather, you know, keeping everyone else thinking that you're still going to be sticking around by kind of walking with you. Mm -hmm. How do we do? No, that's a, that's a four. <laughs> We're not stealing shit today. Can't steal from a thief. <laughs> Can we say he starts reaching for her bag? Yeah, I'll just put the water bottle in your bag for you, no problem. She swats his hand and just goes, Listen, kiddo, you seem sweet, but no, absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> I love how as soon as the fight's over, it's like, oh, I'm the suave person who's got the reins on everything as if you weren't just backfiring listen, shit three listen, minutes ago. Listen, magic is not her element, all right? All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> she was out of her element. It's great. This is so good. I love it. It's it's great characterization. It's amazing. Rolling a four is incredible, Damien, because it means I don't have to spend two holds to make you fail anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I figured that was that was your little safety. Yep. So it's a two. Ha ha. Ah. <laughs> Oh. You reach for the bag and you trip and you fall on your face. Yeah. <laughs> there was no point within the fight where you got like a mix that I could bring down. So there was like no reason to burn it. But anyway. Oh, wait. Can I add something here? Mm. You know, she, she swats his hand away. She tells him no. He handed her the water bottle. So she's holding it. Seriously, I appreciate all the help. And she's going to walk a couple feet ahead of him, pick up her pace a little bit. But she's going to turn. So she's walking backwards and facing him. But catch and she's gonna throw the water bottle like at his face so he has nice. to catch it and she's just gonna run off into the woods <laughs> okay Val has run off Raven will let everybody know after Val has disappeared she'll let them all know that that last part was a lie mm -hmm. damn I knew it sounded too cool <laughs> I don't know if it's real or not but 
it's not true she's researching for him. So take that for what you will. Hugo, can you keep an eye on that one? Or maybe your friend's eyes? I will see what we can do. Aiden is on a log with like the little guys running around and occasionally like running up to her, giving her a little like, and she's just like, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh. But she's like taking her boots off to like shake the snow that got in the mound. <laughs> can we get back to our vacation? Yeah, let's do it. Whitaker had like started typing up a case study for this whole bullshit. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck Brian, right? Yeah, she, she goes over to you and she's like, I'm not letting us give up on this. We're going camping as a family. <laughs> <sighs> right. No more mission for tonight. Can I just have some of Damien's awesome s'mores? Oh my god, we haven't even had the s'mores. You go back to the campfire. Damien, you can cook food for everyone again. We have to reset up our campfire, pick up all the garbage. <laughs> all the mess that uh, <laughs> Mimu and, and Rear had caused. You're able to pick that up and put it away. Do they come with us? back to our campsite and hang out with us. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Maybe not all like thousands of them, but like a few of them. Yeah, I like the idea that some of them follow you back. I mean, Sequoia could come with you. Oh my God. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if she wants to. She's, she's just like hanging around afterwards like, all right, well, um, Val's gone. Mm. Cooking up burgers. Do you eat food? <laughs> I would love to talk to the first light about changes that have been happening in the world. And Aiden says, I'll tell you what I know. Oh, that's cute. Cute. So yeah, you all return to your camp and enjoy the company of your new friends from Yosemite National Park. And finally, our heroes get to spend a restful and pleasant camping trip together. And having visited Yosemite myself recently, the magic you experience during the rest of your trip is just how stunningly beautiful that park is. You spend days walking the trails, exploring the mountainous vistas and the gold embrace of the valley at sunset. When the coals of your campfire die down and you all snuggle up in your tents, you get to watch a night sky filled with stars more clear than you have ever seen before. And it is just perfect. We rewind our view briefly, and we see Val leaving the campgrounds, driving away in a small, lightly packed sedan. And you get a phone call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say she has a flip phone. It's probably a burner, but she will flip it open and answer. Talk to me. Our view goes into a split screen, and we see a feminine silhouette in a long coat speaking on the other end of this call. We don't see her face, but we hear... How did it go? Did you get it? It's finally done. Took a bit of extra effort. There were unexpected complications, and I ran into a bunch of weirdos. Hmm. Like who? Eastie agents. On vacation. I didn't know those people took time off. Mm. Hold that thought. The client wants to ask you about them. Okay. Put them on. We see a more masculine figure, again backlit, hiding his face. But we realize now that the backlighting is coming from an enormous tank of water. Fuck. Yes. Mess Valentine! 
Do you recall which Eastie agents you happened to cross on this very expensive secret assignment? No one worth worrying about. As far as they know, they met a completely different person. And as she says this, she actually pulls off the blonde wig she's been wearing and shakes out her messy, wavy brown hair. I'll be the judge of what do and don't be worth worrying about. But I'll chalk up that bit of lip to you being tired after a difficult assignment. Humor me, Miss Valentine. I'm known to be a curious cephalopod. Of course. Um, some old British guy, couple of spellcasters, some new suit with sticky fingers that I've never seen on the news, and that angel working for the agency, too. Ah. Well, it's a small industry, as they say. Tell me, Miss Valentine, how are my old friends from Rogue Team doing? And we cut to black. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> that's my shit. That's my jam. That is my spice. Give me more. That right there, that is the sauce. It's the juice. Oh my God. Feed it to me slowly like grapes. We can now officially welcome Ariel Valentine, the crooked, to the Storyteller Squad. What's up, bitches? Fuck. The sticky fingers line. It's so good. That's a great name. Oh, I'm in. She's here to be petty, commit crimes, and cause problems. Yep. Damn, you sure did. (laughs) She's doing a great job. (laughs) At some point after you all finish your vacation and drive home to Portland... Whitaker gets back to the apartment with Prithy. We never establish where Damien's living these days. Does Damien live with Raven and Aiden? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, in their cellar, like a little gremlin. <laughs> so it's been a year. So they definitely tried that out and were like, no. Absolutely not. It was for like two weeks. <laughs> it lasted like a weekend. I could see him living with Prithy and Whitaker, though, honestly. Oh my god. God. That would be very cute. Damien is like Kramer. He doesn't live with Whitaker and Prithy. That's ridiculous. But he lives right down the hall and has a key, so comes in like all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just lets himself <laughs> in always. Whitaker got this apartment for him and him alone, but then Prithy started staying over. Now, now fucking Damien's staying over and it doesn't end. <laughs> I'm not running a bed and breakfast. You got yourself a nice apartment. After living on the road for so long, Whitaker was like, I'm getting a nice place for myself. Olivia Eastie gave him all that back pay. He was like, ooh, I can put down the two months on like a real good place. Yeah, to make up for all the trauma you went through and trying to save the world. But yeah, no, they set you up really nice with like a good apartment in Portland. And of course, Prithy is there all the time, (laughs) which means, of course, Damien is there all the time. You come home and they're both on your couch. Yeah, your your wonderful oversized loft bachelor pad has turned into a three-person living situation. As is the way. (laughs) Oh, God. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I I love it and hate it. It's perfect. Yep, it's never clean anymore. Hugo, where are you living these days? Do you keep a room at the community center for yourself or? 
so Hugo actually has an apartment in not quite the magical, but the definitely less mundane section of town. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I love that. Nice. There's a, a block or two that's mostly magical inhabitants. And now that they don't have to hide, it's a very magical place to live. Nice. Yeah, that's perfect. So yeah, we can say that Whitaker drops Hugo off at his place, then heads back to his own with Damien. Raven and Aiden, wherever you get out, you still have a short commute to get back home to Autumn Falls up in Washington. After hugs and goodbyes, Aiden will take your hand. So, you ready to go home? Yes. In a flash of gold, you both teleport back to your cozy apartment above the bookstore in Autumn Falls. As you're unpacking and settling in, Aiden's whipping up some quick dinner, and in your living room, a portal of pure light suddenly opens. Uh. And you hear, <laughs> and Ruby the dog, oh my god, leaps out of the portal and runs up to you. Oh my god! Jumping on you, looking at your hands and face, and around her neck, tied to her collar with a bit of dried reed or vine, is a rolled-up piece of parchment. Aiden rushes over, hearing the noise. Yeah, Raven calls her in the second she sees the portal opening. What's going on? It's Ruby's back. Oh my God, Ruby? <laughs> Ruby runs over, jumping up on Aiden to say hello. She's doing the thing where she's running between both of your feet the whole time. Is the portal closed already? It's just open to let Ruby through? It's open, but it's opaque. It's just bright light, and you can't see what's on the other side of this thing. Oh, huh. Aiden will take the scroll off her collar once she's got Ruby calmed down enough to sit still. She's just petting her as Ruby continues to give kisses and sniff at the both of you excitedly. Okay, all right, good girl, good girl, let me see this. And she cracks the wax seal and will unroll this message. Aiden, I know it's been a little while. I miss you all. I still need a bit more time to figure some things out for myself, but it's getting hard to look after Ruby here in the Havens. I hope it's okay that I sent her back to stay with you. Please don't worry. Mira and I are doing just fine. Love you. Amity. <gasps> Shut up. The portal closes. Holy shit. And Raven and Aiden are left with Ruby the dog back in the human realm, having finally gotten word from Amity Starnbrook that they are still exploring the Folkhavens. And that's where we'll end our session. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Good old Calamity Amity. <laughs> oh, God. Where's the lie? Oh, man. You'll fucking see. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. Thank you, adventurers, for listening to this two-part, no longer a one-shot, season-bridging pair of episodes. We will see you in season three. Valentine and Amity will return. I'm sorry, Val's such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love her. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you.